0: Are you
1: listening? Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is Marcus, and you are tuned in to the Black, Married, and Debt-Free Podcast. My wife, Shire, and I were able to eliminate six figures worth of debt, and we're all about empowering others to do the same. In this episode, we sit down with Marlon and Alex of the Money Monopolizers. These are two engineers in their early 20s that got into their workforce and said, hold up a minute. Maybe there's something different out there for me. They're now real estate investors that share how anyone can get into real estate investing today. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Marcus, and I'm here with my lovely wife, Shira, and we have a couple of special guests on the podcast today. These two gentlemen, I stumbled on their Instagram, and I just it just stopped me in my tracks because I was like, okay, we got two, two brothers that look like me. They're talking <laughs> about real estate. You know, they're really... They're they're young, you know, I was just intrigued. So as I kept following them and and looking at their content, I said, I got to get these guys on the podcast, man. So we're extremely happy to have Alex and Marlon of the Money Monopolizers on the podcast. What's going on, y'all? What's going on? How you doing, Marcus? Man, I'm doing
2: great. We'll appreciate you on. That y'all inviting us out here absolutely of course. how you doing Marlon oh, I'm doing really good man I'm, I'm excited just for, to be doing this first interview with y'all cool man we're excited to have you guys on so
1: we're gonna dive right in and you know we like to kind of you know go back in time I guess and, and and learn a little bit about you all's upbringing like what shaped your financial mindset I guess yeah I'll just start off by just
3: talking about like my background a little bit and then I kind of talk about whenever I met Marlon and then he could tell his end from his perspective. Um, but uh, so for me personally, I was born in, I was actually born in Kenya and I was born there in 1996. So I'm 23 years old right now. And uh, we moved to the U.S. My parents moved us to the U.S. when I was like one years old. Um, so we moved and eventually like settled in Houston. That was, I was at that point I was about 10 years old whenever we ended up in Houston that was like 2005 actually I moved there from after Hurricane Katrina because we were in New Orleans before that wow. so we ended up in Houston and at that point that was whenever I actually met Marlon so I met Marlon in the seventh grade um so we were like 12 years old whenever I met him this was 2009 I guess now so and whenever I met this dude I was like hey we are really like, I was like, this dude is really just like me. So <laughs> at that point, like you 12 years old, you know, everybody's just kind of, you know, wild and just doing whatever. But I, I, I kind of always saw myself as someone that was like always self-motivated, self-driven. Um, I had like certain values and morals that I always like was, I always stuck to them. Yeah. And one of them too was the fact that I was like very frugal <laughs> with my money, you know, and, you know the money that a 12 year old can get. So <laughs> whenever I met Marlon, he was literally, he had the same like (laughs) motives and values and everything. So I was like, Oh, okay, this dude, I I can hang with this dude. So, I mean, we kind of just like grew up together and we ended up, well, we graduated high school in 2014. And, uh, at that point I went to, I decided to go to, I came to San Antonio and I attended university of Texas at San Antonio Mm -hmm. and I studied uh, civil engineering there and I ended up graduating in three and a half years. And I, uh, and it was a like December of 2017 when I graduated. Wow. And so that summer, or that summer before I did graduate, I actually had an internship at a like a civil engineering company. And whenever I was there, I realized, that's when I realized I didn't want to be engineering. <laughs> <laughs> before I had even graduated, I was like, dang, I really don't even want to do this. Wow. So at that point I said, okay, this is what I'm gonna do. It was like August of 2017. So I said, okay, I'm gonna dedicate these. The rest of the year, I'm gonna just you know, finish out this degree. Obviously I'm not just gonna, just stop it after I was only had a semester left. So I was like, I'm gonna finish out this degree and I'm gonna start working and then I'm gonna, you know, go see what else is out there. Yeah. So I entered the workforce when I was, you know, I was 21 years old and I started working as an engineer. And this was here in San Antonio. I'm actually at the same at this job right now. Okay. Um and like I said, I knew I didn't want to do this for like too much longer. So I I took those first like five six months of 2017 to like dedicate to just self-education on all things like financial literacy and financial education and investing in business and so one of the like biggest things that I learned from that or at that point was that I needed to uh, get into real estate investing Um, and real estate to me was always attractive whenever I was younger I was like you know I was actually like watching HGTV when I was like 13 years old so I was probably like the only teenage boy that was watching (laughs) but, <laughs> you know, that's just, that that always it just piqued my interest I always just loved the numbers and I loved like that whole aspect of you know flipping houses and that so I I knew okay real estate was my thing and then I discovered house hacking and that was you know whenever I decide okay I'm I've educated myself enough on this after about five six months I'm ready to dive in so at that point I decided okay I, I can buy my first house and it was going to be it was a duplex the one that I live in now actually and I'm going to rent out one side and live in the other side so that's uh how i got my start into real estate investing um i got that first house hack and then now i mean as of today me and marlon have done you know six combined deals just through flipping and uh rentals uh-huh. in you know uh san antonio and houston so. and then we've obviously started the podcast to do that uh, we started five months ago
2: <laughs> man that's amazing yeah. so That was a pretty good summary of him in Michigan. I'm going to try to be as brief. I know, <laughs> but this story can go very in-depth, though. But <laughs> I guess to start out, I was born in Detroit, Michigan, actually. And um, I was gr- growing up there, so we didn't definitely have any type of financial literacy growing up. But um, my parents also saw the situation that we were in, and they didn't think that was like the best thing for us. And especially considering their background, how they grew up. My dad grew up single, single um, parent household. And it was just wasn't that, wasn't that good of an experience for them growing up in Detroit. So they said, well, they want better for their kids than what they have for themselves. So my dad was I actually offered a, a different work opportunity. He was working at DuPont at the time, back in 06. He was offered to go wor- work somewhere else around the country. He had different options, like in Cali, I think, maybe Florida and uh, Texas was another option. So he chose the one in Texas. Him and my mom both chose, they have a story with that. How they both chose Like they They went to bed at night Wrote on a piece of paper Where they wanted to go And in the morning They both looked at it Said (laughs) Texas is the place Wow So um, That was a pretty cool story For them But we ended up moving to Texas And when I was in fifth grade um, I was this scrawny little kid, probably about <laughs> four foot five, maybe 95 pounds. I was very skinny, very small. And as you can tell by now, once, once you get to Texas, football is king. Like, right. Like, hey, man, you're going to play football or you're going to be outcast. <laughs> so <laughs> so I started, when I first met Alex in seventh grade, I, he was playing football and I wasn't. I was like. Okay. <laughs> if he could do it, I can't right, right, right. survive. I was way smaller <laughs> than what he just so- said. He was smaller than I was, but he was probably five inches shorter and 50 <laughs> pounds lighter. Like, this dude was small. I'm like, bro, I know I can do it if he can. Right. So so we already, from that very beginning, we already almost had like a little c- competitive edge with each other. Like, always trying to push each other to be better. Right. That was one thing that was very unique about our relationship. And like he said, he was very into money. Like, I used to call him Alex Krabs. Mr. Krabs off of uh, Spongebob. <laughs> Love money. So <laughs> his name. That was his name. But with me, I was very frugal. I never spent a dime of anything wow. that I ever made. I, like, my, my parents and my grandmother would always make fun of me for having so much money and never spending it. Like, bro, you're going to get hit by a bus. We're going to have a bankroll because of you. You <laughs> no got money. it stored up, right? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but just to fast forward a little bit, we went through high school and we both graduated. I went to college at Stephen F. Austin in Texas. He went to UTSA. Um, one thing I always prided myself in was being consistent. So... Mm-hmm. Um, At at Stephen F. Austin, I played football collegiately and also was a 4.0 student in engineering physics. So those two things combined really got me a lot of recognition. And, and then that actually produced or uh, introduced me an internship opportunity to work at Johns Hopkins Applied Physics Laboratory. And uh, I think that was a spring. No, that was a summer of 2017. So I had an internship opportunity there because the athletic director, his son, worked up there from um, Stephen F. Austin. His son worked at Johns Hopkins. So I had an opportunity to work there. And I, actually, I loved it very much. And I was very productive while I was there to the point where they said, hey, if you ever want to come back, you just, you just let us know and we can set up something where you can work with us full time. Wow. So I graduated uh, December 17, like Alex did. And I started working um, at Johns Hopkins full time in January of 2018 because I knew that I wanted to have some type of work experience and if I still wanted to do grad school. Mm-hmm. So I told them, I told uh, my athletic director son, Hey, I want to work for six months, but I do want to start grad school in the fall of 2018. And so he said, Oh yeah, we can definitely work something out with that. So this is where we, where I started learning about real life. So <laughs> after my first paycheck, um, I'm really excited when I see it coming, I'm like, Oh man, I got a lot of money. Yes. Then I go into work the same day and then I look at, look at the paycheck in depth and see what I would have made wow. and then see what I did make. I said, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> so just to re- rewind a little bit, I was, I never had a full-time job of any types because as a football player, you never have any work experience because right. every summer you're always doing, excuse me, you're always having spa, uh, summer camp. We have fall camp. Winter you only have a couple weeks, so you never really have any time for work experience. So even with my internship, we, it wasn't even taxed the same. So that's where I realized it was just the th- new thing called taxes. For- right. right. Yes. <laughs> and the thing was, I was like, why have I never learned about this before? And that's, and that was really like piqued my interest. I'm like, okay, there's probably a lot of things I really don't know in life. And then at the same time, Alex had, had, had mentioned to me, hey man, you should read this book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm. After that, I read it in two days and my whole mindset was just blown away. I'm like, okay we gonna change we changed a lot of things about how i think in life so now i'm a big advocate for like financial literacy and things like that i ended up reading about four or five books within the span of like three months and i hadn't read a book since eighth eight. grade <laughs> 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 these are all like financial and real estate related yeah and um <clears throat> that's what led us to getting our first house or our house tax that we have right now was what we call them um so i ended up so Starting reading in like fe- in late February of 2018, and I had purchased my house by June 29th of 2018. And that was to live in, and then actually rent out while I'm living here. That's currently where I'm at today. Wow, man, that's like so much in that story. Yes,
0: <laughs> there's a yes. Well, the first thing is you got out of college. In, you said three and a half years. Y'all were not playing. Oh. Yeah, we got our business. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <sighs> hey dad
1: hey baby girl what's going on
0: did you get a chance to read that book
1: no Taylor I sure haven't I've just been so busy with work and you know with recording the podcast and everything I just haven't had time to read that book yet have you heard about audible oh yeah audible audible is a leading seller and producer of spoken audio entertainment and it's great for having your books on the go I love audible because it's right on your phone and you can play your favorite audio books wherever you are audible is giving our listeners an exclusive 30 day free trial.
0: Let's go to audibletrial.com
3: slash BMDF.
1: And guess what? They're gonna throw in two free audiobooks. So use our code audibletrial.com slash BMDF for Black Mary Debt Free. Now back to the show.
0: I love how you two were friends and clearly you were on a path to success um individually, but you came together. And so if you can talk to us a little bit more about like the money monopolizers, like where'd you get that name and um, what are some of the things that you're hoping to accomplish or even that you have accomplished um, with your brand?
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, So I was actually talking to my sister about, you know, this whole financial literacy thing like a few months ago. And she was like, man, y'all need to, like, (laughs) tell people about this, the stuff y'all are doing. Especially because she mentioned to me something that was really, like, it was just eye-opening, too. She said, y'all have a niche. Like, there's a demographic out there for y'all. And that's when I was like, oh, she ain't playing. She's not lying. There definitely is. Because, you know, with us, our background, we're, you know, or just how we look, we're two young, you know, black people, two young black males typically the only people that you or i guess the stigma of the people that you see in this space is the complete opposite right. older caucasian <laughs> white people so <laughs> it's so for us i was like okay that's in a that's already like an audience that would listen to us and be interested in listening to us like what we have to say cuz we this was like we've been studying this literally for over a year at this point this was earlier this summer so it's like we felt like we definitely had a lot to share right. um so I kinda just said, okay, yeah, I'ma just look into it. And I did a lot of research on it and I like researched like, you know, different uh, statistics about financial literacy and kind of how many people are actually taught about money whenever they're growing up at home in their households. And it's like really low, as I'm sure y'all know, it's like nobody ever, you know, money's such a taboo subject for a lot of yeah. people. A lot of people never, ever talk about it, especially growing up with or young people and then especially on top of that, black people too. Right. Um, so I know, okay, well, this is definitely something that we should do because even besides the fact that it's going to help other people, it's going to help us too and help grow our personal brand too. and Uh, allow us to occupy the mindshare of people as hey those are the uh real estate guys those are the financial independence guys those guys are the guys that know about money so it's going to help us too in that in that sense too so i kind of um the name as far as the name i just was thinking about (laughs) different stuff because my whole thing was i wanted to help the the slogan that we have is helping people take control of their financial destiny so the name or monopoly to monopolize something is to take control of something to its complete like you you own it you own that whole market you own that you own that industry so we want to help people like take control of their finances and own their finances mm. so that's kind of where that name came about
2: yeah we, intru- we introduced it to me like um i always call him the visionary and i'm like the c- consistent guy who's going to just make sure he stays on task <laughs> this dude <laughs> He, can, like, he he legit comes out of nowhere and just says, hey, man, we need to do this. Like <laughs> It's like, bro, I got it. This is a great, great idea. I think this is going to be something that was very impactful. And had, he had a very good point, though, because we talk about this stuff literally all the time, 24-7, especially when we were first learning, like reading all the books that we were, we would just keep talking about it. It's like, bro, nobody talks about this but us. Like, you don't see none of our friends talking about this. If we put a, a, a camera in front of our face and, and just start putting what we're talking about, people are really gonna like cling to it because this is like valuable information that nobody's ever taught anywhere. Yeah. So that's why it was, I thought, we thought it would both be very valuable, like to start, like put this on a platform and like teach people about this because of how little is taught at home or in schools.
1: I think it's really cool that you guys had each other, like how you said, me and we were just talking today and it was like the people we connect with on Instagram in our, you know, financial education space, like, I almost like them more than our real friends <laughs> because they have that same white that same like mind, you know, right. and it's hard for, like, friends and family to really get what you're talking about. It's great that we have each other. I mean, it's great that you, you two have always had each other. And like you said, we are the only ones talking about this stuff. So right. I think it's amazing that you said, well, let's start posting and start, you know creating content around this 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 information i think that's amazing now for those of you who are listening i need i need to just break this down again these two guys graduated college became engineers got into the workforce and said you know what i don't, I don't i'm not feeling this like I want that something different. And, and 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 they studied they read rich dad poor dad which is an amazing book by robert kiyosaki shire introduced me to that book and that blew my mind as well. I was not, you know, thinking the way I think currently until I read that book. So it's it's kind of amazing. And then you guys, you just did it. I mean, you got your first um, house hack. You did, you did house hack. Can you please tell us uh, about you know your your strategies in real estate and just your real estate story? You could talk about your first deal or you know your last your latest deal. Just 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 give us a little bit about you know, you guys' real estate situation because I love hearing these stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, you know, I'll just go in and I
3: guess we could just structure this. I'll go in and I'll go. But, um, so specifically, as far as like when we're talking strategies, I think for me, one of my favorite strategies is the house hacking strategy. Number one, just because that is like, I mean, it, everyone's situation is different. But for me personally, like if you're a young person that is like single and like, you know, just get into the workforce, this is literally like the single best financial decision you will ever make in your life, is to house hack. Because you're essentially eliminating your largest you know, expense, which is your, everyone's largest expense is their housing expense. So if you can eliminate that, and you're smart with the money that you're saving, you're gonna easily become financially free. You're gonna do it by accident. You could not even want to become financially free you'll do it if you do a one house hack a year for let's say just three, four, five years. Um, So that's why I personally love that strategy. Um, But I mean, when we're talking like general real estate investing, we're definitely right now we're uh, flipping a lot and doing trying to build capital in that sense, because some of our goals is to uh, eventually get into large multifamily apartment complexes and obviously to do that you need to have capital well, right now we're kind of just working backwards from that and we're at the point where we okay we're okay how, how can we generate capital to flip these or to get into a large apartment complex we can do it through flipping so that's kind of we worked backwards from that and we got to that point point. and from here now I mean we can get into the details as far as like how we look at deals
2: and all those kind of things but um Marlon do you want to have you have anything to add to that before I- um, I think it's important to note how we first got, how we first were able to finance our first deal, because I think that's a, like a barrier to entry for a lot of people. Is that they feel like you don't, they don't have the finances in order to do so to do such a thing. as like making the biggest uh, purchase, like a house. So. One thing you learn when you start reading and learning about finances and how to purchase houses that you don't ever learn anywhere else, mm-hmm. you learn that you don't have to pay 20% down. That's like a big myth that people think you got to have 20% in order just to buy a home. And that's one thing I was we were able to learn right off the bat is that all you need is like a 3.5% down. If you do an FHA loan as low as 3% at the time when I purchased my house, you could um, go as low as 3% with a conventional loan so my goal was to be able to save up enough while i was working at johns hopkins to be able to purchase the house be able to have the closing costs to pay uh, cover all that i wanted to put five percent down so i could get a better um mortgage payment like a lower mortgage payment overall so i put five percent down on my house that i end up well that i'm living in now and um I mean, it, that's a, it's like, I, like I said, that's a, sh- a great strategy to eliminate one of your biggest monthly expenses because if you lay everything out in, in like a pie chart, like your monthly expenses, if you lay them all out, you will see that um, housing covers anywhere from 33 to 50% of your of total monthly expenses that you incur per month. So if you eliminate that, you are able to save a tremendous amount of money, and I think it's been very beneficial for me, especially because when I was working at Johns Hopkins, I was making twice what I'm making as a grad student, and I and I was able to save like a, this is very I was very blessed for the situation, but I was able to save over a thousand a month just by um, saving pretty much all that I made and just like living frugally. Yeah, uh, that way I was able to save at a rapid pace over those six months in order to be able to afford something as a like a house. And then from there, like I'm, I'm able to save nearly what I was able to save back then because I'm not no longer paying a mortgage, or right. I don't have a, the, the biggest monthly expense. Now I'm still able to save, and I'll be ready for the next one when right. I move out, move away from here. And that, like Alex said, that just you accidentally fall into financial freedom because now if you are keeping these houses and just renting them out in full, once you move out, now you're talking about your cash flow on each and every one. Because before, right. you might have been breaking even. But once you move out now, it's cash flowing. And if you do it, do it two or three times, you have three cash flowing assets by accident just by living there.
1: With the house hack situation, you know, I know that you have to live on the, you know, live in the property. Is, is that for a period of time? And then you can, you know, move out and, and, and rent it out completely and, and do another one. Is, is that kind of how that works? But
3: for all first time home buyers. So you are essentially you're able to get the FHA loan for your first property. So FHA loan is the federal housing authority. It's a loan insured by the federal housing authority. So that's essentially, it was like a program that was introduced by the government to help, you know, more people get into homes that couldn't necessarily afford homes. Um, And it was also protecting the lender against default. So um, with with the FHA loan, you're able to, you have to live in the house for one year. Um, So you buy the house and you live in it for one year. So the one I'm living in now, I bought it. I closed on it in August 2018. Once I moved in, from that point, I live in there for a year, and then, now, at this point, you can either go get another uh, FHA loan. But in order to get another FHA loan, you you can only have one at a time. So you would have to refinance out of your first FHA loan into a conventional to get another FHA loan. And most likely you probably don't have enough equity to refinance it after only one year. Right. So what people will do then at that point is they just get conventional loans because they're low down, they're low money down conventional loans. There's 3% uh, down conventional loans and there's 5% conventional. The fees are going to be higher um, than an FHA loan. But I mean, whenever you're considering the options, like, I mean, I'm doing it so I can live for free. I don't, I don't really care about what the fees are if I'm going to be living for free. Right. So you go and get the three percent or the five percent down loan after a year, and you live there for a year. You move out. You go get another one. You can essentially just do that every every year. Uh Oh. But eventually it gets to a point where because there are income restrictions right. so if you're making like too much it depends on your area um, but if you're making too much then they're going to limit it and they might require like a, a slightly larger
2: down payment that's pretty much it right there I think I just want to uh, explain one more thing this is a little bit separate but if you live in after you live in it for two years which is what I plan on doing before I, actually, I actually plan on selling mine since I'm in Indiana and I would like to actually roll over all of my capital gains into a new uh, new home when I uh, move move like back I probably be moving back to Houston when I leave here. So, um, if you live in it for two years, you actually don't, this is one of the tax strategies of real estate investing. If you live in a home for more than two years of the first five years, you don't pay capital gains taxes. And that's just one of the many advantages of, uh, tax strategies of real estate investing.
0: Absolutely. And I love all of the gems that you are dropping. I know Marcus and I, (laughs) we were taking a look at an article Um, that's talking about African-American home ownership falls to a 50-year low. Um, And so to hear that you can use a strategy of house hacking to get into your first home and to start building wealth and the strategies that you all are are using and sharing today, I think it's it's so timely and it's much needed. And I think that y'all are inspiring folks. And so thank you so much um, for sharing that.
3: Definitely. Sure. I, uh, just to just to comment on that too, um especially within our you know the black community, there's you know you just mentioned the stat, but I really want people to realize how powerful house hacking is because ser- seriously, if you house hack your first, you just house hack one year, you take all the money you get from or all the money you save from paying rent, and you use that to go start investing in assets, mm. you're gonna change your life forever. I promise it's so powerful. I, I I don't know. We did a podcast episode about it and I was almost to the point where I was just screaming in uh, <laughs> excitement from it on that episode because I wanted people to realize how, how how like powerful it is because seriously this is literally like if you do that one thing uh it's it's going to change your life, change uh, everything. Yeah.
1: And, and and the crazy thing Alex is people may be listening, "Oh, I do I have to get a duplex to house act. What, yeah. what do you say to that like can you house hack a single family home
3: yeah, uh, marlon please yeah
2: so, break that down to it did,
0: did we define house hacking though or would oh. one of you define it
2: okay yeah Go i'll ahead, do both of those then okay. so house hacking <laughs> the traditional way of house hacking there's actually multiple ways you can do it but it's all the same concept it's basically personal a personal residence and this can be ideally it's a duplex triplex or quadplex which is a two three or four unit and you live in one unit and you run out the other three or other two however many other units you have and that's actually what i wanted to do when i first moved here because with units you have a, a wall that's pretty much just four units under one roof it's like a, a mini apartment almost and, um, the reason that it's like that, the reason is those, uh, up to four units, that's all considered small residential. Cause once you get, get past that, it's large res- res- residential, which is also ca- called commercial properties at that point. So you want to stay in a residential space with two to four units and you have the residential loans that go along with them. But, um, yes, like, like I said, that was, that was my intended strategy. When I moved out here to Indiana, the problem was that is they're very scarce in some areas and, if you let that discourage you be like oh i don't want to live with people so i'm just going to go ahead and rent you just you can do that too and just start spending all your money and just drop money on rent every month but i didn't want (laughs) don't let it don't let that discourage you because i'm i'm over here thinking okay i'm gonna sacrifice now that way i'm gonna propel myself forward i'm gonna put myself years ahead of where everybody else is in just in a very short amount of time like in a couple years i'll be moving away from here Mm -hmm. so with that mindset in mind i chose to buy a A single family home with a lot of bedrooms so I said I I wanted a four I told my agent when I was looking I would like to find any four bedroom house over 2,000 square feet that way I know that we all have enough space to not be all on top of each other and there would be enough bedrooms to accommodate um, like getting enough rent in order to cover the mortgage and then maybe even cash flow so that's what, exactly what I'm doing so I'm living in a four bedroom home mortgage uh, of around 850 and making a total of $1440 in gross rent <laughs> and I, <I'm> just, <laughs> yes. I, I just don't even know what to say
3: The thing about house hacking is there's like a scale for it. There, you have, or I guess you can call it a chart. You have your comfortability and you have profitability. Mm. Right. Come on. The more comfortable you are, the less profitable you're going to be. Yeah. Right. So it's like a a, a, a give and take. Wow. So for me, I knew that, okay, I hated having roommates. In college, I hated having roommates. <laughs> I was just like the person that was like, you know, because I, I was very clean and tidy. And so, you know, having roommates, it was just... Uh, I just hated it. So I was like, okay, I need, I'm gonna try to find, I'm in San Antonio, so it's a, a lot better market than Indiana. So I was able to, well, I'm not even gonna say that. The house that I live in is essentially, a, it's essentially a duplex, but it's a single family house that was, the garage was converted to a studio nice. apartment. So I have like my own bathroom, my own bedroom, my own kitchen and everything. And I get to live on my own side with a house that has a single family mortgage. So you get two units, or you're getting two houses essentially, or two units for the price of one house. Yeah. So now my mortgage on mine was twelve hundred, and the last tenant I had on here was paying thirteen fifty. Wow. So you and I was just end up making one hundred and fifty dollars a month, and they're paying utilities. Yeah. So. Look, I mean, it's, there's not—it's not much more I could just say on this. Track. I mean, you, <laughs> you haven't got it from what we said.
2: <laughs> if y'all haven't checked out episode five of our podcast, that's the one that Alice was referring to. This dude okay. was yelling at me. I'm like, hey, bro, I know what you're talking about, <laughs> but no. Like, I, like he said, it's like a single best financial thing you can do. And especially if you are financial, financially savvy enough to save the money that you are making at your uh, earned income, at your W-2 job, or whatever job you're working, if you're not just spending it rent, uh irrationally because you now have more money you're really going to be able to stack up quickly very quickly because you're saving 50 percent of your income now and now with with that in mind you can man i mean you can invest yeah. so much quicker and, and scale so much quicker i mean overall i don't know just watch episode five. <laughs> yes. You guys
1: definitely, you all want to check out these gentlemen's podcasts. I mean, you hear the knowledge that they're breaking down. Yes. We, we just sitting here just, we letting them do the show. You know, because yes. they're kicking some serious knowledge. And and you said something really, really good, Marlon. I'm thinking about people who work nine to fives or people who work uh, jobs and, and they want to get into real estate. And, and they're like, you know, it's just, it seems too robust. It just seems like, uh, it's... it's Overwhelming, almost. But speaking to the house hack situation, I mean that's that's an a amazing way, way for to get started. anyone mm-hmm. to get into it. And you may already own a single family home and may have rooms. Or you know, uh, you know, you can you can start this even if you've already if you're already in your your
2: home, correct? I mean, yeah. So if you own a home already, you definitely can get just get started. Like it depends on, like Alex said, the comfortability versus profitability. Right. Like if you are living in a two bedroom house, you if you want to rent that out, I mean, there's many. Like I said, there's many ways that you can do a house hack. It's just, it, but it's all the same concept. Like I forgot, there's like luxury house hacking where Alex could, if Alex wanted to live in a main house and rent out the, the uh, garage portion that would be more so like the luxury where you take all right. the biggest benefit like the the big house and then you yeah. run out the, sm- the small portion and i mean it's less profitable because now you're renting out the smaller portion instead of yeah. the larger so he made 1350 with the running out the main house he yeah. might make five to 800 renting out the the garage unit only yeah. so it's just it just scales but i think It's really a a want to and like, how bad do you want it in this case? Because like for us, we made time to really start studying and like doing all the reading because we would go home, we'd be even at work listening to podcasts, like learning because we wanted it bad enough. Like, bro, we want to change our financial destiny. So we're going to do what it takes now in order to obtain or in order to get to that point. So if that requires reading five, five books in three months, if that requires listening to two hundred podcasts, we're gonna do what it takes because we know where we want to be, and we're, we're the track that we're on is good. But to get where we want to be, we got to be at a whole other level.
0: Yeah, we we love it absolutely, and like we're getting excited just based off your energy and hearing your story. And um, I I feel like you've shared um, some wonderful tips just in your your friendship and how you were able to take it a step further and start a business. And I know a lot of us, we don't look at our friends as potential business partners. You know, we think this is just somebody that we can hang out with, someone that we can go out to eat with. But your friend can be your business partner, you know, or your spouse can be your business partner. Mm -hmm. And you two are just a living testimony of that. And then also getting knowledge, taking time to learn, to study, and then not only get the knowledge, but apply it. And so that is so powerful. So we wanna know what's next. So what's next for, for um, the money monopolizers? If you can you know, just let us know what's on the horizon for you or just ways that we can connect with you.
3: For me personally, I want to be financially free by the time I'm 28. So right now I'm 23, like I said. So, I mean, just every year it's scaling and uh, getting closer to that goal. Um, and like I said, right now we're doing that by flipping houses so that we can generate income to pay for rental properties. Cause you know, rentals are what gives you that freedom. Flipping yeah. in, you know, all that is good to generate cash and create, you know, increase your net worth and all those things. But we want the actual freedom. So that comes from passive income. So you gotta have those assets um, on, in that end to actually get that. Um, so yeah, that's where we're at on that end. And of course with, money monopolizers uh it's just to grow this as large as we can
2: and help as many people as we can so i do want to reiterate i don't know if anybody wants to know what financial freedom is that's basically having the ability to have all your expenses paid for through passive income so like your all your uh, monthly expenses like your rent like your i guess mortgage in this case um what's it called car expenses anything that you that you're living your day-to-day life all that is covered because you have passive income that pays for it you that that means you have the ability to choose to work if you want to you love your job if you love what you do continue to do it if you want to quit you can do that as well that's what financial freedom is but for us like like alex said he wants to be retired by uh, age 20 or financially free by age 28 for me i'm age 32, Alex is definitely the more ambitious one of of the two. (laughs) Alex ain't playing with it. Yeah. But I said 32 because that was 10 years from when I first started. So last year we were 22. And I said, okay, give me 10 years because I know I'm going to spend two getting a master's degree. And once I'm done with that, I'm supercharging my way to it. So we want to start off by flipping houses to start building up a lot of cash reserves and start also building our portfolios to have more credibility. That way uh, we can start like doing syndications to larger multifamily. Uh, deals that will allow us to start building up cash flow and basically getting our, get our way to sort of financial freedom a lot quicker in that way.
3: Yeah. And just to add to that real quick, because um, I know some people they'll think, because I think a lot of people try to work it like the wrong way. Um, instead of like trying to figure out um, how, well, it depends on what your goals are, number one. If you want to be financially free, you need to look at your end goal. So if your end goal is to be financially free you need to be working backwards from that. And so that's kind of how we structured that, right? So we said that we want to be financially free by this age. So how do we get there at by what do we need to do to get that? Okay, so we need to buy we need to get rentals and we need to get apartment complexes. Okay, well obviously we can't do that right now. So what do we need to do to get rentals and apartment mm-hmm. Okay, well we need money. So how can we generate money? Okay, well we can flip houses. Okay, so What can we do now to be able to flip houses? Okay, well, we can save our money to be able to, you know, go put down payments for or or be able to pay for fees and stuff for hard money lenders and those kind of things. So it's kind of just working backwards from what your goal is to get to today. And that's essentially just going to give you your first step to getting into it. For a lot of people, it could be house hacking so that they could save more money. We had that was our first step, but we passed that step. So now we're in the next step. So it's just a matter of working backwards from your goal
2: and getting to that point. From <laughs> ahead, no, but enrich that, poor that it's the, the mindset is a how can I mindset versus a I can't mindset. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying I can't be financially free, take their steps backwards and say, how can I get to being financially free? Exactly. I can get to being financially free by getting apartment complexes that cash flow uh, that pay for my monthly expenses how can i get there i can do that by uh s- stacking up money by doing flips how can i uh, get get the money to do flips i can save my money for my w2 job and so on and so forth yeah and,
1: and that's and like how you said reverse engineering that goal is the best way to do it you know for those of you who's like i don't know where to start yeah start, start with the end in mind and then work mm-hmm. work backwards and then you know so that's that's amazing guys uh we're glad that you you all joined this podcast now can you tell the people because we want everybody to check out all of your content so can you let everybody know how they can connect with you oh yeah definitely Please
3: appreciate that um, if we <laughs> gotta plug it but you could find definitely uh hit us up on instagram we have uh we're the money monopolizers our ig at, name is at money monopolizers um, so we're always posting. We try to stay consistent with that. I think that's really important with trying to grow that. Um, I actually have some questions for y'all about that. But um, we're. you can find out more info about us on there. And also on YouTube, we, I'm starting to post content on there too. So we can grow that too. And also try to meet or reach more people from that aspect. Because it's a lot of people will learn better visually. So I think if we could try to you know do some things on there, it's going to help a lot of people too. So find us on YouTube at Money Monopolizers. And those are probably the two best places to contact us and on there they have our personal instagrams too that you could uh contact
1: us on too alex marlin thank you guys for being on the show
0: thank you (laughs) and continue to do what you're doing yes just keep it up
1: appreciate that. all right everybody we'll talk to you on the next show Peace. Yo, so we hope you guys enjoyed that podcast episode. We hope that we said something that you can take away and apply. We are here to inform and to inspire. So do us a huge favor and don't forget to rate this podcast five stars on whatever platform you're streaming us. And if you want to become a supporter of the Black, Married and Death Free podcast, you can do so by clicking on the link below. That's it for now. Till next time. I'll let you guys later.